Welcome to the Complete Sitter's Guide, your show about, well, frankly, sin. My name is Noah Chalaya. With me is your host, Tyler Fowler. Tyler, welcome into the program. What is up, Noah? It always feels weird every time I have to acknowledge back to myself that we are gonna we're gonna talk about sin and we're gonna talk about the proper uh, the proper way to respond to sin, and that's right. the function of the show. It is. It is. We are sinners here at the show. Every one of us, and everyone listening is a sinner. And that's why well. it's inviting. And that's why it is inviting because this you belong. Is, you do. You do. This but is the a sin boat doesn't. That you, it doesn't. It doesn't. And we're here to teach and educate how how do we as Christians fight sin? How do we do this? And it starts. It starts with really what we're going to be talking about tonight. We. We try to, if you haven't listened to the show before, we try to center every single discussion on Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the dead. You can find those episodes at www.completecenters.com. Send me an email. Hey, guess what? No, I got my first email um, over at uh, completecenter at gmail.com. I got my first email. People love me. I initiated it, though, but. But I got one back, okay. so that what, counts, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is it something you're going to read on air, or are you just thanking the person? Well, said- here, I, I won't read it, but here's the thing. For those who know Bryson Gray, I'm actually in connection with his assistant, and I'm going to try to get Bryson Gray, the Christian rapper who's very pro-Trump, um, very outspoken uh, for Trump, but very outspoken about Jesus Christ more so. He just dropped a Christian album. Um, on YouTube, uh, I think it's last week, a uh, week before, and it's amazing. Uh, it, it truly is. He's gospel-centered, just like we try to be here at the Complete Center's Guide, and we are going to try to get him on the first Friday in January. So that's that's really exciting, I think. Um, but anyway, Noah, what real quick, if you would, man, we also got something else. It's on an app called Element, and for those who don't know what that is, I will give it over to Noah and can you just kind of explain what we got going on and and where we're going to kind of go with it in the future? Yeah, essentially what we're looking to do is to give people an opportunity to participate not only in the show, but in the discussions that happen. Because the more and I, Tyler, interview people and get to know people that all of whom really walk with Jesus yeah. and know their scripture and really study their Bible, all of them uh, still differ on points and it's interesting to participate in that discussion it's interesting to watch it unfold and so what we're trying to do is give uh, people a place to make that happen um and so right now it's a little bit challenging i i guess you might say to to get connected to that infrastructure but we're hoping to have that built in the next week or so and then it'll be really easy and we'll just be able to give you a link absolutely and we're going to actually make a lot of things happen here on the next uh, during the next few weeks, I'm actually flying out to North Dakota to hang out with Noah um, for the first time. We're meeting each, uh, each other, and so we're hanging out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so a lot of work with the Complete Center's Guide coming up. So, man, if y'all are listening, please, please like, share, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm going to put it in the description of the show uh, whenever it's released. This is just for you guys who are listening live right now over at AskNoah.com. Um, we can, uh, we're going to, I mean, we got big things, uh, lined up, but tonight, tonight we have, we've had him on the show before. He was on the round table with us, Joshua Sherman. What is up, brother? How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, and I'm very glad to be here, Tyler. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. So 
I'm going to, just for those who don't know, we had Ty on uh, last week. We had an awesome episode about Catholicism. We're actually going to kind of branch off um, to my Facebook page, and Ty and I are going to continue that discussion live. So for those who don't follow me on Facebook, you can find me at Tyler Fowler um, on Facebook, or you can just uh, type in the Complete Center's Guide uh, send me a message on there, and I'll direct you over to my account. Uh, but I do Facebook Live episodes um, of the Complete Center's Guide on my Facebook page, and I'm going to start doing that on YouTube. Like I said, I'll post a link in uh, in this description. But here's another thing real quick for you uh, guys guys and gals who are listening live. I'm doing a giveaway. That's right. Uh, I'm going to give away on Christmas Day either. So check this out. This is how it's going to work real quick before we get into the discussion tonight uh, with Josh. I've got a YouTube channel set up. Uh, like I said, description in the link, or link in the description backwards. Anyway, if I get 50 to 99 subscribers on the Complete Center's Guide YouTube channel, then I will give away $50. Okay? It's going to be a gift card, um, but it's going to be, you can spend it wherever, probably like a Visa gift card or something, uh, just in time for Christmas. So if I get 100, or more subscribers here before uh, Christmas morning, then I will give away a hundred bucks. Okay, plus maybe a complete center's guide T-shirt because we do have merch for sale right now, and you can find that over at Facebook.com uh, on my page, on the complete center's guide page, and pretty soon on www.completecentersguide or completecenters.com. Anyway, with all that being said, Josh, can you, like I said, can you kind of give? the listeners a little taste, little taste of who you are, where you kind of came from, for those who don't know you, and then tell the people what we're going to be discussing tonight. We've got an interesting topic, um, a little word study, uh, but Josh, will you tell our listeners what we got in store for them tonight, please? All right. Uh, so my name is Joshua Sherman, and uh, I currently live in Western Colorado, and uh, I uh, moved out here from the West Coast. Uh, when I went to college, I went to college at Seattle Pacific University and um, studied uh, Christian theology and philosophy there. And uh, then entered the workforce. And I, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, getting pulled back uh, more and more into just study. Uh, so the last couple of years, I've really been diving into um, studying the Bible, studying Second Temple literature, studying all kinds of things that are related. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's it's really just been... Uh, been a joy to to really dive in and to to see the the fruit of that uh, in my own heart and mind uh, in my life uh, in my my family uh, sure. so um, yeah it's just uh, it's been a really amazing journey um, and uh, essentially what I want to talk about tonight uh, is just uh, as I was reading through the book of Acts. Um, I started, so I, I guess I'll back up a little, <laughs> um, I'm trying to learn biblical Greek. Uh, and I, I basically just fun, decided that's a fun journey. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know you're, you're actually quite a bit further through it than I am. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty much in the beginning, but, um, what I just realized is that I was having a hard time learning the alphabet where I was just looking at the letters without context. And so I was like, well, why don't I just start reading some stuff and the words will help me to, to be able to tell those characters apart. Um, so I literally sure. just pulled up interlinear and started reading through the new Testament. <laughs> nice. Um, and it's like the more words I, uh, I started to know, uh, you know, and the more I felt like I understood at least a, a, 
a basic idea of how to pronounce things, although that's a much deeper journey than I've gone on. Um, I got rid of the um, the transliteration, and then I was just in interlinear, and now I, I'm mostly reading the, the Greek text and just filling in English where I can. Mm. Um, but all that to say, I'm just trying to basically kind of mainline as much vocabulary as I can, uh, right. and then I'll, I'll be going into, you know, the grammar and all of that stuff too. Sure. Um, but what I noticed is as I'm looking through Acts is how often words that are based on the lemma logos showed up. Mm. And I was, I just thought to myself, well, that's interesting. Like I've always heard people talk about the logos in, in the context of John, right? John mm. one in the beginning was the word, the logos and the word was with God and the word was God. Right. So we focus so much on that. And then we just kind of lose sight of it, I feel like, in Acts, partly because I think it doesn't fit what we usually think of when we think of what the Word of God means, what that phrase means. Right. And as I kept reading, I realized, oh, like, <laughs> I had a dumb moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, usually when we hear the Word of God, I think we really tend to t- think of two, maybe three things. We think of Jesus, we think of Scripture, and, uh, you know, as we get into more into things, we might think of prophecy, Right. So someone speaking the word. Um, but there's a, there's another thing that shows up in the New Testament. And I think it's actually one of the primary meanings in the New Testament. When you're not talking about Jesus, most of the time, the word of God refers to the gospel itself. Hmm. And that's something that I started to see in Acts. And then I went through the New Testament and just kind of looked at all the, the different words we have. So you have euangelion, the gospel. You have uh, rema, the spoken word. Uh, you have Lagos, the the word, uh, whether it's written or um, you know <laughs> incarnate, <laughs> if you right. will, um, although written word, you know, usually abgrapha, which is you know scriptures, the writings, um, and just kind of looked at this and said, wow, like I haven't really read the Bible, thinking the word of God could mean gospel. What does that mean, and does that change anything about how I read certain passages that we look at when we're thinking about? You know, um, Hebrews four twelve, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, right? Sure. Wow. You know, um, and actually, in that case, I, I believe it's referring to Jesus because you go on in context and it talks about <laughs> him being the one who judges. But um, but yeah, looking at that and just saying, like, let me read the, the New Testament a bit with this. The word of God is the gospel lens, not to say that it can't be the other things, but just to kind of explore that and say, what, what do I see when I look at it through that lens and where does that fit and where does it not? Um, and it's really interesting. And so I just wanted to kind of dive into that because I know you are so focused on the gospel <laughs> uh, here uh, for good reason, right? We're, we're sure. all very excited about uh, the good news that Jesus brings and the good news about him. Uh, so that I wanted to, to just kind of bring this on the show and talk through some of these passages and, and just kind of see what pops out to people as, as we look at this and think, you know, where does the word of God actually refer to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Absolutely, man. And we know that the scripture is the living word of God, right? Just as much Jesus is. I mean, it affects us daily. Like I, I, I was jokingly, we were, we were talking uh, before this, Josh on the phone, and in even just now, right before the show, I was jokingly saying I'm going to uh, start a cult, call it practical religionism, right? Because it's, I, I heard, and I told Josh this before the show, but I heard one of my favorite pastors, uh, S.L.S. Johnson, uh, and and I know I know I'm going to forget it again like I did on the uh, on, <laughs> on our phone conversation. I know it, but no, he said that you would think that the Bible is the light of the world, right? But he said it's not. 
He said, how can the Bible be the light of the world whenever no one reads the Bible? And I think we see that more and more. Even professing Christians nowadays, you they there's a lot of echo chambers out there, ladies and gentlemen, especially on Facebook. And so I'll be the first to say this right now. Facebook is not the place to get your theology, okay? Mm. You need to study under someone, preferably, someone who knows the Bible, someone who will take you chapter and verse through the Bible explaining these important, important things instead of just using John 6 as, like I said, an echo chamber to either refute or prove that Calvinism is true or, or whatever, there, there's so, it's so much deeper than that. I was just doing a study through John. I'm still doing a study through John, um, kind of like you're doing a study of of the Word. Uh, and it's it's so enriching to go through a study of the uh, of any book in the New Testament or Old, and just to get a fresh perspective on it. I, I say it all the time. Perspective is everything, and that's why I invite so many different people of different, you know even within Christianity, different beliefs, because perspective truly is everything. We can look at something completely different, come to completely different conclusions about it. And what I think is extremely important is that if we understand at the end of the day, whether we agree or disagree, if we understand why my, my friend, my opponent even, believes this way or why my brother especially in Christ believes this way if I can understand why you believe what you believe then I think that's a win and it's just one step closer to complete unification which we all will experience um, not in this life but the next so I think this, this these kind of things are extremely extremely important and so thank you Josh for coming on and, and, and giving us this um, let's let's dive in real quick um, and, and see exactly what you found in, in your own personal study of this. Um, so Acts 15, uh, if you, do you already got that, uh, Josh? I do. Yeah, man. If you want to go ahead and read just wherever you want to yeah. start, if you want to <laughs> give context or, <laughs> or just read the yeah. verse and we'll, and, and we'll discuss it. We'll definitely uh, dive into the context, obviously. But yeah, uh, if you want to start with Acts 15, seven, uh, go for it, bro. Sweet. Uh, I think uh, I'll probably uh, jump in with Acts 13 uh, right after that, just because that came to mind is, uh, even after I did the outline for this. <laughs> Please, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Acts 15, 7, uh, you have this moment uh, when Peter uh, has been discussing with people and, and uh, he stands up and this is essentially at the Jerusalem Council. So uh, you have Judaizers and you have Paul who have, who have come and they're trying to decide you know, what to do about the fact that God has made the gospel, has made the good news, has made the covenant available to the Gentiles. And they're, they're you know, just in and out of it and arguing about it. And do they need to follow the law and all of these things? One of the things that, that happens kind of near the beginning of that is that Peter gets up and he addresses them. And he says, brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. Um, and, 
uh, one of the things that this kind of highlights for us is, is you know, sometimes I think we can be a little literal <laughs> um, about uh, the terms that we see in Greek and what they must mean. Um, so I don't want to jump to conclusions on this, but the word uh, logos can mean the word, it can mean the message, it can mean, uh, you know, spoken uh, word as well. Uh, and so, you know, looking at this, what he says is that they might hear from my lips the logon of the euangelio, the gospel. And so he kind of equates the two in a way there saying, you know, they're going to hear me speak the gospel. And it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought of those two being connected in that way. Um, but we can dive even a little bit deeper in this, looking at Acts 13. And this is a super, this is a really cool story, actually. <laughs> um, so you have um, Paul and Barnabas who are on the island of Cyprus. And when they arrive, they go to the Jewish synagogue and they proclaim the word of God, right? Uh, and John was with them as their helper. Um, and so they proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. And you kind of ask yourself, well, what, is, what does that mean? You know, are, are they reading New Testament scripture to them? Probably not, because most of it hadn't been written yet, <laughs> right? right. Um, are, they, are they proclaiming the Old Testament to them? Well, well, yes, but not like just the Old Testament. They're proclaiming about Jesus, Right. And so they're proclaiming the gospel. They're proclaiming the word of God. Then there's this uh, proconsul that's there, you know, and he kind of oversees, you know, on behalf of the, of the government, a number of things. Um, and he sends to them because he wants to hear the word of God. So he wants to hear uh, the gospel. He wants to, to understand, like, what are you saying about this? This Jesus? What is this? This is new to me. Right. Um, but uh, this proconsul has uh, essentially a magician or a sorcerer. Um, and that sorcerer, um, doesn't want the proconsul to hear the gospel. So, um, he is trying to oppose them. And Paul basically just looks at him and says, <laughs> no way. Um, and he, he says, you're going to be blind. Um, and, uh, the man goes blind. And what's really interesting at the, at the kind of the end of this story, you have this moment where the proconsul sees this and it says, when the proconsul saw what had happened, so you, you don't even actually necessarily in, in this passage have them speaking the gospel yet. He just wants to hear it. There's this you know, contention, and then Paul, Paul blinds this guy. Um, and so they may have spoken the gospel. They may not have. But um, even here, he sees it, sees what happens. He believes, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but usually when I think of teaching, I think of something like, you know, a blackboard and, you know, or laptops right. and, you know, like that kind of stuff. I don't usually think of teaching so much in that, in that teachable moment sense in the spiritual realm where this proconsul realized who the Lord of Lords was, who the King of mm -hmm. Kings was, because his magician had no power. He was blinded right? and he was blinded in the name of Jesus. Uh, and so there's that moment of just like, wow, like this, <laughs> there's power here. I can't, I can't even begin to understand. Um, and um, I just think that's really neat for a few reasons. One, because it demonstrates the power of God uh, as the most high. Um, but two, because we get into here and every time you hear them talk about proclaiming the word of God, you have language behind the scenes that mm -hmm. is, you know, using terminology we would expect to see when we usually think of Jesus or the Bible, right. and they're using it in terms of the gospel. Right, right. And for those who are listening that don't have a Bible, I just want to read, because I was kind of skimming through yeah. it as you were talking, Josh, and I just want to start in verse 6, because I, mm. I love this story, first of all, because Paul is so, you see a side of Paul that 
it, I, I call it righteous <laughs> anger. I really do. And I yeah. want to read the, and I want to read it. I mean, uh, because it's, it's passionate and it's extremely, but I, I, I want to read it for more than that because I want to get down to the bottom where it starts talking about the word of the Lord and, and, yeah. and that he was astonished about the doctrine of the Lord. But starting in verse six in Acts 13, and just so you guys know, I'm reading from the uh, modern English version tonight. I usually read from the NET, but I decided to switch it up a little bit so and go with that uh, that ecclesiastical text tonight, the uh, TR. So, <laughs> so uh, King James is still a little bit tough for me, I will admit. So I'm going with the uh, modern English version tonight. Anyway, so with that being said, uh, verse 6 says, When they had gone through the uh, the whole island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. There's that word again. But Elimas, the sorcerer, which is, which is his name by interpretation, opposed them, trying to divert the proconsul from the faith. So you got a, it's kind of like a tug-of-war, really. You have Paul preaching the word of God, which is the gospel, to Sergius Paulus. And you have Bar-Jesus, the Jewish false prophet, which is interesting that he's Jewish, but he's a false prophet who is actively trying to steer this guy, this proconsul, away from the faith. So it says, it picks on verse 9. Then Saul, who, was also, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared at him and said, You son of the devil enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and of all fraud. Will you not cease perverting the right ways of the Lord? Think about that for a second. Anyway, verse 11. Now look, the hand of the Lord is against you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. Immediately a mist, immediately mist and darkness fell on him, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. He was blind. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed and was astonished at the doctrine or the teaching of the Lord. So what a story, first of all. Second of all, what a contrast. Luke does it, I think, as much as John. and by, by John does it a lot, actually. But he contrasts this light and darkness, this good and evil, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we see in the world. That's what we see in reality. Look at the world. Look at what's happening in America right now. We have, in broad daylight, election fraud. And it's being praised. It's being it's trying to be slid under the rug. And there's evidence coming to light now, very, very damning evidence that a lot more happened in the election that was initially let on. Fraud. And I don't say that word lightly, right? But we see that in the broad daylight, not even trying to be hidden anymore. And, and we see judges being extremely unjust and not even willing to listen or hear the evidence. Thank God it's going to the Supreme Court uh, where justice will probably be served. But I'm not a prophet, and I'm not starting now. So, 
we'll see what happens um, as the as the days go by. But you're, you're not taking on another one of the meanings of the Word of God to speak uh, on God's behalf on something. No, not this guy, not tonight. There's a thing. <laughs> there's a thing that exists, and it's called the fear of the Lord. And I got it right. And that's the thing that changes a people or changes somebody. So I'm going. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set this one out and uh, not prophesy tonight. So <laughs> anyway, Josh, you want to take a stab at it though? Like, do you, are you a prophet or no? No. No, uh, I do okay. think it's interesting looking at this. I actually hadn't really thought of this before, but um, it's interesting to me that they highlight a proconsul. So you have a, yeah. a leader in the government. You have two men who are there kind of that are highlighted, at least in this text, on behalf of God. So Barnabas and Saul. You have a sorcerer, right? And what happens is you see a very visible demonstration of the greatness of God over whatever power that sorcerer is trying to pull his power from. It reminds me of Pharaoh and Aaron mm. and Moses, right? And the false um, uh, and magicians, the, yeah. Yeah, and the false and so they're they're trying to throw down their their rods and make them snakes. And then so Aaron does and then his rod eats theirs and there's a demonstration that God is superior. And it's interesting to me because there there is kind of this connection. It's almost like it's just skips straight to the to uh, at least, I guess, what, the second to last plague? So it's not the firstborn, but the darkening of the sun. Mm-hmm. And so this this uh, magician actually <laughs> um, experiences this very personal version of that rather than it being against an entire nation. Um, anyway, just parallels that, that I notice. And, and um, it's it's so interesting to me the way that, that a lot of things are written in Scripture. You can tell that the people that God used in, in writing down these words um, they are doing so many things on purpose um, and God works so many wonderful things through them to that. You know, it takes, it can take years to uncover a, a passage, uh, you yeah. know, just another thing in a, in a, a single passage. Uh, so yeah. that was just kind of an interesting thing that caught my eye there as we're looking at that, just like he's amazed at the teaching about the Lord, that the Lord is God um, yeah. and he is the most high. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just one of those things to make you, stop and just how awesome is God, right? To just pause for a moment in, in, in the in, in the hell that mm-hmm. a lot of us a lot of us do live in. Um I've been my wife and I have been blessed to have a, a roof over our head, food on the table, a job that God has provided us with or with me with to provide for my family. You know, I don't take that stuff lightly. And, and and I do thank God for it, but whenever we just sit back and just listen to the words of Scripture, like you were saying, and, and you start seeing those connections, right, and, and the Holy Spirit just starts speaking to you, which if you do, I let me ask you a question real quick, Josh, not to, not to veer off, I'm just curious, because obviously there's a mix of people who listen to this show, we have believers and unbelievers, and and I think, this is just my opinion now, but I want to see what you have to say about it. But is there a no no pressure, bud, no pressure. But <laughs> is there a could you see where a someone who is filled with the spirit could read the Bible, interpret the Bible in a way and, and, and glean something from that passage that someone who is void of the spirit could not? Is that a is that accurate? Yes. Um, the reason that I say it with a slightly hesitant voice is that it can be hard to sure. tell. Right? right. And so that's where we, you know, we, we really want to weigh 
uh, what people say when they're speaking essentially prophetically. Uh, and you actually see that in Paul when he talks about um, people that are, um, you know, in uh, speaking in tongues, they need to be interpreted. When people give prophecies, they need to judge them in the church. Yes. Uh, and so you judge that by comparing it with the word of God, the whole counsel of God, and understanding uh, what the Bible has to say on on that topic. So, um, yes, absolutely. Yes. I think the spirit can can unfold things that we don't really see um, directly just in studying with our own mind. Um, it's just, you know, sometimes people will claim that and you, and you have to kind of give it a little side eye because you realize like, well, that doesn't seem like it jives. Uh, and so, um, yeah, there's obviously discernment we have to do as well when, when we interact with anything involving the spiritual realm. You know, it, it's interesting to me because you, I, I just thought of a passage of Scripture whenever you were just talking. And Jesus said, you will know. He was talking to the Pharisees and John, and he says, you will know my teaching, whether it comes from God or not. Right. And, and, and the way he did it was by performing or the way he proved it was by performing signs and miracles. Right. Yeah. And it's but it's that way today as well. I think the Bible is clear that all who come to Jesus like they're they are taught by the father. Right. And and so being taught by the father, being taught by the Holy Spirit, he leads us. He guides us. John says that you don't need someone to teach. you. Now, does that mean that we don't ever have to listen to pastors? No, God gave us pastors in the church to teach us. Right. That's their gift is to teach. So we, we listen to your pastors. The point John is making is that we have the Holy Spirit who's guiding us, who's shaping us, who's molding us to be like Christ. And so whenever we see these connections, it's like the point I'm trying to get at with with the whole believers versus unbelievers and being filled with the Spirit and void of the Spirit is that you won't understand you let me you might understand, but you won't experience the the word of god in all of its glory if you do not have the holy spirit dwelling within this is a all of these words and the word that we're talking about this message this gospel that we try to preach every single episode that we're going to get into here in just a second in acts chapter 10 especially i want to read it i want to read acts chapter 10 yeah. uh, and most of it really because it is the gospel from the lips of peter himself and i mm-hmm. think it's all here um, I, I think if you, because because it, it says it in the text that the Holy Spirit fell on them while there were, while Peter was still talking even, right? And it's like, I think he yeah. can still do that today. So why not and, use and, and literally it's yeah. while Peter was still speaking these words, that's yeah. Ramata, so spoken word of God, mm-hmm. essentially, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message, the Lagan, right? All who heard yes. the word. Yep. Uh, so yeah. And that's amazing too. All who in, in that setting, all who heard it, right now, Josh. Let me ask you this: we we do come from different soteriology um, kind of backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? But let me ask you this, and, and I don't want to veer off into this, just t- out of total <laughs> curiosity, really, honestly, because I do want to get into Acts chapter ten. It's it's the gospel. I love it. But talking about those who hear the word and those whom the word like penetrates, so to say, right? That that yeah. we just, I'm sure if you, you're a youth group pastor, correct? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, so I actually was a worship leader for about five and a half years uh, and just stepped down. Okay. Worship leader. More time for things like this. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I, yeah. Forgive me, dude. Like I got a lot of people that, come, that I talk to. <laughs> so I am, I'm sorry, absolutely. worship leader. Yeah, absolutely. But so with that, especially, 
I'm sure you've looked out, you've seen people, you can tell, like they get it. They know exactly what you're talking about. And then you've got the people who are hearing the exact same words that you're talking about, and it just goes right over their head. They they, they mm-hmm. miss it, and there's people who could sit in the pews for years before it actually, what I call, clicks, right? So why yeah. is that? What, uh, and just coming from, you know, like I said, your background as a worship leader, why do you think that that is that the, some people can hear the same words and, and it clicks and it's just amazing, and then with others it's they they miss it is it well go ahead sorry <laughs> oh yeah well i mean so i think there's a lot involved uh, and so um you know i i look at this um as um kind of like the way that paul does when he talks about um you know uh, some people preaching and you know like say i forget what the order is but it's like you know apollos preached and i and i you know watered but it's god who right. gives the growth right right um and so i i think there's um, there are a lot of things that can can work well and a lot of things that can get in the way when we're talking about presenting the gospel. You can have somebody that's presenting it and just butchering it and someone can still come to faith because it just happens to Amen. be what they needed to hear. Exactly. Um, but, you know, you don't want to set stumbling blocks in front of people. So I think preachers try to do their best when they're presenting the gospel and they're preaching the word uh, to to really be in prayer and to to allow the spirit to to really work through them uh, and not yeah. stand in the spirit's way and quench the spirit. Um, and when they do that, I think it, you know we do tend to see um, things happen more uh, than when it's it yeah. just becomes an intellectual exercise. Um, yeah. But you also have uh, you know things like we look at the parable of the sower, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know was it was it you know entirely God's work or was somebody making a decision or you know what was happening? Um, we can you know argue over some of those details if we're going to get into soteriology. Uh, sure. But one of the things that I think we um, we can't argue over is that there are um, things outside of a person uh, directly that are also involved, right? right? So you look at the soil, and the soil was, um, you know, the, the seed that the sower casts in that parable, he throws it out, and it lands on all different kinds of soil. And some right. of that soil, you you know, it just, it's, it's like the soil just happens to be too close to the road, <laughs> right? Right. So it's not even necessarily that it's the soil itself that's the problem, but but there are circumstances around that soil, or rocks around that soil, or or there's there are weeds that were also sown um, that that are problems too. Uh, and so there's there's a whole lot that I think goes into that. I, I think what we would uh, both agree on is that um, when we want to talk about salvation, there were there would be absolutely no salvation if God did not decide in His grace to make it available to us. Right, and I agree a hundred percent, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's and you know, like I, I love, I love having you know these conversations. I really do. Um, you, you, you said something, and it, and it, it brought a verse. It, it popped a verse in my head. John uh, chapter three. Jesus mm-hmm. says the uh, whenever he's telling Nicodemus, you must be born again, right? He yeah. says the spirit goes where it wills. You know, you hear the sound, and you and you and you see like you see the leaves moving, right? You you know or but you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing in all of creation that God you know cannot penetrate, right? And, and and thank God for it because it's not, it doesn't. Let me let me say it like this: the responsibility of presenting the gospel. This is why I have a podcast, right? That 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 centers on 
Jesus Christ and him crucified is because I will be held responsible with what I did with what I, with what I know, right? And I'm trying to share that information with as many people as I can because I want to see as many people, you know, be saved as can possibly be, right? But at the same time, and and I and I knew this was going to happen this time on the show. I knew it. It totally slipped my mind where I was going with that. Um, but it's fine because that was, I, that was, uh, for my Calvinist friends out there that was predestined to happen. So anyway, um, man, let's, uh, real quick, yeah. um, let's, let's kind of transition into, uh, yeah. Acts, uh, chapter 10 or yes, sir. Yeah, Acts chapter 10, um, because I, it's getting late and Noah actually has not said anything nobody are you still there i am yes i am okay what <laughs> you you've been so quiet and and so patient like you got to have something to i say, i have no i i uh i you guys walk circles around me i don't uh i i'm not too uh to studying the the languages to the depth that you guys are into studying the languages quite yeah but i'm hoping to get there tyler when you uh when you visit next week i'm hoping that yeah. you show me your ways that's going to happen. That's going to lay happen. hands on and and then you get it like the right. Matrix, right. If if right. I can, if I can steal a couple of minutes of Joshua's time, I guess I would ask one question. Uh, yeah. uh totally unrelated, uh, totally unrelated. Um, but yeah. w- when, when you go to, uh, when you go to, st- when you're looking at, um, at trying to capture someone's attention and you only had a few minutes to do that, what are, what, what is the thing that you say to them or how, how do you, how do you minister to that person in a short amount of time? Oh man. Uh, I, I think the biggest question I would ask is, do you know them? Um, because if, if you, if it's somebody that you don't know, so you're doing something like street evangelism, um, then working with uh, a really quick a Romans road kind of um, what you might call an elevator pitch uh-huh. <laughs> um, right. version of the gospel um, can, can work well because you're laying something out that's very simple, very straightforward, very to the point. And, um, and essentially, when you're doing that kind of thing, you're kind of playing a numbers game because you're trying to see who and, and that's kind of a cross way to talk about it. But you're trying to see who kind of lights up when you start talking to them about it or, or who starts connecting with it. And a lot of people are just going to walk away. So then you move on to the next person and you see whose heart is in the place where they can receive, who's, you know, who's had the weeds pulled, who has the rocks, uh, right. you know, taken out of the soil. Um, and uh, so that's kind of part of it. The other side of it is if it's somebody that you know um, and you have relationship with them, you're going to know things about that person. So you might know that a person, a particular person is very focused on justice and that's something that resonates with them. So you can start, you know, by just connecting with them on on the justice of God, right, um, and and tie that in um, and bring them to to the core of the gospel, to Jesus Christ and Him crucified and resurrected, and what that means for us, what it means for all of creation, and and how, um, you know, what they need to, um, it's essentially just come to faith uh, in God, you know, to respond to that, and um, I, I think that's kind of the key that I'm looking at. Um, so I'm. I'm actually developing a, just a, a really brief kind of podcast um, that's focused on the gospel. And and the whole format is basically just taking five to seven minutes and highlighting something that um, either about the gospel or the implications of it or, or something maybe that we don't always focus on um, because I want people to see all the different, like just how big and broad and beautiful it is. Um, because when I, I think when we do, we can find different facets of the gospel that really kind of interact or resonate with somebody really well. And that can be a bridge into then having that core gospel conversation with them. 
Um, so that that's kind of my 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 um, I don't know if you want to call it method, but it's just it's how I see how to interact with people in a meaningful way when you're in relationship or uh, when you only just have a few minutes with somebody you just met on the street. Right. And if I can just piggyback on what you just said, uh, Josh, let yeah. it let it happen natural. Don't oh, yeah. don't don't try to. You know, because this is one thing I really struggled with, with because I was never a public speaker for for <laughs> for reasons just like what happened a while ago. I was always afraid that, you know, maybe I would forget what I was going to say or, you know, whatever. But that's kind of, you know, God's used that to humble me. Thank, you know, thank God for it. Uh, so it don't bug me as much anymore. But the, the, the point is, is that let the conversation happen naturally. And don't try to memorize a script whenever talking to someone about mm-hmm. Jesus. Tell them, testify what God has done in your life. You don't yes. have to. You don't have to make up a story or anything like that, or, or, or even exaggerate to make it sound some like kind of miraculous feeding of the five thousand or whatever. Anything that God has done to change you, in my opinion, is a miracle. Right, because it, it it it's like what we were talking about a while ago, and the point that I was going to make a while ago was that the pressure is not completely on us to change hearts. Because guess what? I don't mm-hmm. care how much you guys try, <laughs> I haven't changed a heart yet. You know what? I haven't changed one heart yet. God changes hearts, right? God's the one who does the heart surgery, right? And it's like we work in sanctification. We work, you know, in, 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 in becoming like Christ. It's not like we just sit on our butts and do nothing. You know, we, we are responsible. But at the same time, the pressure is not completely on us because guess what? God is at work too. Mm-hmm. And, and Philippians, I think it's Philippians, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. Like Joshua said, don't quench the spirit. Don't try to go about it a fancy way, like a rock concert or something. Preach the gospel and let God cause the growth. Right? Mm. It's really that simple, I think. Um, So to kind of transition um, (laughs) into Acts chapter 10, um, Josh, did you want to say something uh, real quick, buddy, to that? Or Uh, or do you want to go ahead and go to Acts? Okay. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Um, so Acts chapter ten. Um, where do you think we should start? Just because I was starting in verse thirty-six. Um, thirty-six. Yeah, and I, I guess just to kind of make the point, if you look at thirty-six through forty-four, you kind of have this wrapping around um, wh- where Peter presents the gospel. And so, when, when I'm looking at this kind of word study and thinking of the word of God and the gospel often being the same thing in the New Testament, I look at this and I say in verse 36, we start with, you know the message, the logon, the word, that God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news, the gospel, of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Uh, and then at the end, in 44, he says, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, remata, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message, the logon, the word of God. Uh, and so, that's kind of wrapped around this. And then in the midst of that, you have Peter really just kind of laying out the gospel um, in, in a very beautiful way. 
Um, and, and part of what makes this beautiful is that we're in the context of him preaching to Cornelius's house. And so this is yeah. something that he never would have really dreamed or thought of when he um, first, you know, became a follower of Jesus. He was really focused on the, the Jewish nation, right, right. Uh, on Judeans and uh, Israel. And um, that's where his focus was. That's what, where he expected the Messiah to, to come, where he expected to see the blessings and the kingdom established in an earthly way. And Jesus really kind of uh, kind of just twists things in, in, a, in an amazingly beautiful way with Peter. Um, and you see this point where right before this, Peter's had this, this vision where, where God says, you know, don't call unclean what I've made clean. Uh, and and calls him to go preach to the Gentiles. And there's mm. this mirror thing that happens where in Acts 2, you have the, the Holy Spirit falling on Je uh, Jews that had gathered in the city for the Feast of Pentecost as a, um, a, a pilgrimage. Um, it falls on them and they speak in tongues and all this kind of stuff happens. And then they go home. They go home to the nations that they came from and the gospel goes out to those nations. In, in Acts 10, when this happens and the Holy Spirit falls on them, you get the sense that now it's not only uh, Peter seeing, you know, the Gentiles are meant to receive this message, but just as those Jews were commissioned to go out and preach the gospel, so were the Gentiles. Uh, and so I, I just think it's a beautiful moment. If you want to read the parts that actually kind of contain what he preaches to them, um, that's just so much the heart of this. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start in verse... Uh verse 34 i think he did a, a great job giving background uh to that um we know that peter is you know god gives him jesus gives him a vision uh, and, and he lowers a sheet of unclean animals down or, or all, all all kinds of animals uh some were unclean i think some were clean um but all of them were mixed together and peter says i I've, I've never eaten anything unclean lord what are you what are you talking about jesus like you don't know what you're talking about come on now and Jesus says, don't you dare call what I have made clean, unclean. And we know later that that is um, more so a, a, a fulfillment. <laughs> my, uh, gotta love my daughter. <laughs> She's sitting on my lap right now, so she wanted to say something. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's up, baby girl? Um, but anyway, uh, it's we, we know that the vision referred to Gentiles, um, a, a fulfillment of that Abrahamic covenant. Right, that you yes. know we're talking about earlier, a fulfillment of that Abrahamic covenant to go to the to go to the Gentiles, um, and, and ultimately include them as uh, children of God. So this is the this is really the first of that fulfillment that we have recorded for us in Scripture. So I just want to read what Peter says to Cornelius after he gets to the house. A uh, angel of the Lord, uh, or. Uh, do we know if it was Gabriel or not, uh, Josh, or do we? Um, does it just say angel uh, came to oh, Cornelius? No, I'm gonna, now I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> Sorry, man. I know <laughs> that's all right. I uh, I had the uh, the excerpt uh, on the outline, but all right. So we go here. So surely not. There's vision, and then he's at the house. Um, so you're going. You're looking earlier. Yeah, I think that was like at the beginning, maybe. Yeah. Let's see real quick. Uh, sorry, I'm details. There right? is an angel, um, and it appears to Cornelius. Mm -hmm. I don't think it does say Gabriel. Um, I think it, it is just an angel. Yeah, it's it's an angel of God. Um, and let me okay. look at this. So this is 10th, uh, Acts 10.3. So uh, dive into 
interlinear, I can see. I'm, I'm pretty sure if we're talking an angel of God, it's not going to have a definite article. So we're not talking about the angel of the Lord, right. um, but we're talking about an angel of God. You know what? Just real quick. I think that's Jesus, just my opinion. But anyway, <laughs> um, but anyway, you, you, versus, you're talking about the, the, the pre-incarnate son, right? The pre-incarnate son. Yeah, I think that that yeah. was Jesus pre-incarnate. Yeah, absolutely. The, the I, angel of the Lord. I tend to agree. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe we can have that conversation uh, on here next time, bro. Like, because that's a that's actually a really interesting conversation. Um, but anyway, verse th- verse thirty four. Then Peter began to speak, and, and and again, this is the like I said. Just keep in mind, guys and, and gals, this is the first of the Abrahamic fulfillment of the Gentiles being grafted in or or coming into the family of God. So this is literally the beginning yeah. of that. It I mean, says, literally the he, chapter before this, you have Paul converted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not quite ready yet. Yeah. Exactly. The apostle to the Gentiles. It's amazing how that works. Um, but uh, verse 34, then Peter began to speak saying, truthfully, I perceive that God is no, is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which he sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, the word which you know that was proclaimed throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and presented him publicly, not to all the people, but to witnesses previously chosen by God, to us who ate and drank with him. These are the disciples. To us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify, now this is the word, that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins through his name. And that's the gospel. And and now listen, listen to the very next verse. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. All the believers of the circumcision who had come with Peter were astonished. These are Jewish people. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them. Now, how did they know? How did they know that the Spirit had been poured out on them, or on the Gentiles? Well, the same way they knew it had been poured out on them, the Gentiles received the exact same gift that the disciples received at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Listen. It says, For they heard them speaking in other tongues and magnifying God. It says, Then Peter continued, Can anyone forbid water for baptizing these who have received the Holy Spirit as we have? Peter knew. So he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. So that's the gospel. Mm. Notice the death, the burial, the resurrection. Not only that, though, but they were proclaimed. They they were commanded by Jesus to preach that he 
not Muhammad, not Allah, not someone who came 600 years later, not the prophet Joseph Smith, not, not, Satan. not Satan, right? Yeah. But Jesus Christ is the judge of the living and the dead. And how do we know that? Because after he was crucified, bearing the sins of all those people who would believe in him, he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. He is not in that tomb anymore, ladies and gentlemen. He's alive. And the promise is this. And I just read it. But the promise is this. If you believe, what does that mean? What does that mean? I say it every episode. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Does it simply mean to acknowledge his existence like you believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny? No. Nope. It's to trust him. If I say, Josh, say you're addicted to Coke. Josh, I believe in you. I believe that you can get off Coke. I believe in you, man. I'm not saying I acknowledge your existence, Josh. I acknowledge <laughs> the fact that you're doing cocaine. No, I'm saying I trust that you, you're you going to do what you say you're going to do, and that's to get off cocaine. So if you're doing cocaine, get off of it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but seriously. <laughs> a good hypo hypothetical, right? <laughs> right, it's a good one. But yeah. but seriously, I, I trust that you, that, that you would do that like I trust Jesus to save my soul on Judgment Day. Why? Not because I'm a good person. Not because I'm smarter. Not because of anything I've done. It's because he mm. was crucified. He bore my sins. He's the sacrifice. The blood that was shed, That, that it, the, the book of Hebrews says that's, that forgiveness is basically impossible without the shedding of blood. It is impossible without the shedding of blood. There has to be a sacrifice. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was that sacrifice 2,000 years ago. And the promise is this. Anyone, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're black, white, brown. I don't care if you're a Calvinist. I don't care if you're an Arminian. I don't care if you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're a Mormon. I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care whatever. The promise is this, that if you trust Jesus, you will be saved, period, in the subject. Not quit sinning and clean up your life and come to Jesus. You can't do it. You can't do it. Try. Try to do, try, try to live a godly life without the Holy Spirit. It's not going to work. And it starts with, it starts with him. It starts with humiliation saying, I can't do this. I am, I am a sinner. I, ha I do deserve hell. And acknowledging that he died, that he died for everyone who would believe in him. And, and, and the sacrifice is just as good 2,000 years ago. It's just as good as today. It's, it's not like it's went down in value or it's, what, what's it called whenever a car depreciates? It's not like his <laughs> blood has depreciated in value, guys. Well, author Hebrews says, you know, once for all. Once for all, man. Exactly. One sacrifice so the, all time. I love it. And, and go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. 
No, I was just going to say, you know, when we look at this, we, we see a few things that talk about through his name or in his name, right? Yeah, so they yeah. receive forgiveness of sins through his name. The, the, he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's probably helpful to clarify a little bit what that actually means. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're not talking about some kind of a, a, a Christianized magical incantation here. Right. Right. Um, it's not just about saying his name, um, because if that were true, then the um, the exorcists that tried to use Jesus name to cast demons out when they mm. weren't known by Jesus would have succeeded. Mm. Right. So it's not magic. It's not an incantation. It's not some phrase you just say um, it, what, to say that you receive forgiveness through his name, uh, that you're baptized in his name. Um, this is to say that, that you are essentially have um, have faith, you have trust, you have allegiance uh, in and to Jesus, who is king, who is God, who is Lord of all. Uh, and so if you are right. um, faithful, if you are, you know, a loyal subject, essentially, of the, of King Jesus, of Jesus, the Son of God, um, then um, then that's where, where you see the benefit, the forgiveness of sins. That's where you see these things happen. Uh, it's not just in believing in his existence. And that's why the demons shudder, because they believe you know, in that sense, they have faith, they have pistis, um, but they don't have it in the sense that they need to, where that actually right. um, uh, has a loyalty attached to it, right? They know they've broken right. that, and they can't get it back. Uh, praise God that we can. Right, right. And, and and you said it, man. It's like, it's that that through Jesus, we're forgiven. I've heard it explained yeah. like this as well. It's to be united to Christ, right? To be you know, we, we we live in a very weird time, and, and, and you'll get what I'm saying here in just a second, but we live in a time that we are forgiven, right? We are forgiven right now. Those whose faith is in Christ are justified right now, and we will be justified in the, or in the end times, <laughs> right? We live in very interesting times. The theologians call it the already and not yet, right? Yeah. And, and, and inaugurated eschatology is the fancy word for it. Um, but, but it's so true. And, and I think this is where my practical religion is kind of going to come in now, because I do believe that, and, and I believe that if you believe something, your life should reflect what you believe. I, I, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, and, and if it doesn't, there's something wrong. If you profess to be a Christian, you should in a perfect world live like a Christian. Now we are all sinners and we all still sin. I mean, at least I've sinned today. I know I have in thought, word, and deed. I've repented of those sins. I have confessed those sins to God. And he promises forgiveness to his children who do that. And so that's, and, and see right there, right? Just right there. That's trust. That's saying, okay. The Bible says in one John, first John one eight, if you confess or hold on, let me just read it because I don't want to butcher. It. I just want to read it as it says. Yeah. Let me pull it up real quick. One John. You believe in heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, who will be saved. Uh, is that where you're going? NIV. If we claim, yeah. Wait. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves in the truth. Oh yeah. Hold on. One John one nine. My bad. Uh. Da, 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 da. If we confess our sins, this is the NIV, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Mm. So guess, so get this, ladies and gentlemen. 
This is kind of like saying you don't just get Jesus as Savior and not Lord. It's both. It's the same with this. If your sins are forgiven, you are being purified of mm. all unrighteousness. What does that mean? That's a fancy way to say you're being sanctified. You're being made like Jesus. He is purifying you of all unrighteousness, not just some. So keep your head up, Christian, you who are still struggling with sin. God is purifying you. This is what it means to trust Jesus. Do you believe he's going to do it or not? It's very simple. Very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Josh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's really easy to lose, you know, the, what, the, what sanctification means in, yeah. uh, in our um, the ways that our denominations really think about it. But it's to be made holy. Uh, yeah. And if you look at the Old Testament, um, when we're talking about the holy ones, um, there's, <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and you know, usually what you're talking about when you're talking about holy ones in the old Testament, the Hagioi, um, or the, the, what the Kedashim, um, you're talking about, uh, heavenly beings. You're talking about angels. You're talking about, um, beings that, that serve and worship God, um, in the heavens. Um, and, right. Uh, right. you know, we were talking about this earlier that like, you know, and John says, uh, I think in first John, he talks about this, that, you know, we don't know what we're going to become, but we'll, we will be like God because we will see him as he is, you know, we'll see Jesus as he is. And it's like, what does that mean? I have no idea. Um, right. but you know, if we're, if we're, you know, in a place where we're really down on ourselves and we're thinking kind of legalistically and we're, we're, you know, it's like, if I can just dig out of my sin and maybe God will love me, you know, mm. stop that stop that god loves you so much and you know the the we look at the the parable of the prodigal son you know the prodigal son is in the pigsty mm -hmm. <laughs> um and he comes back and 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 yeah. the father embraces him you know uh and we're all in that place but but god has a purpose for us and, and it's more than just a ticket to heaven um right. god is working in us to sanctify us to make us holy to make us holy ones so that we can serve him for eternity in ways that are beyond what we can imagine i mean it's there's right. so much more story than just a ticket to heaven and 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 seen. And then we get our we get our little uh harp and we get our cloud right. and we get a strummet for for all eternity. No, we were talking about that earlier. As a matter of fact, I had an eighth uh, well, never mind. I I don't know if he's an atheist. <laughs> uh he's not a Christian, and I don't know if he professes faith in a God or or even the acknowledging of the existence of a God. I don't know. Um, but he basically made that same conclusion and he said that Christians have told him it all of his life. And if that's true, that's sad. I think it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but we're not yeah. just going to be like, like it's going to be Sunday morning, you know, in, in church in the pew, whenever your, your butt's hurting really, you know, really bad for all eternity. It's not <laughs> like eternity. that guys. <laughs> yeah. For eternity. Yeah. That's hell. Like, no, it's not like that. <laughs> but what it is. I think, and I think we get a glimpse of it in Revelation. We don't get a lot. Mm -hmm. We get a little yeah, bit of speculation. Yeah, we get a little bit of speculation from the church fathers, and that's an interesting read. But I think it's going to be in ways we cannot even imagine, and I don't mean that in, in, in corny or anything like that. But but or, uh, Paul says it, right? The sufferings. So just imagine your sufferings, the worst of your sufferings that you're going through now. He says the glory that we will receive, it ain't even compared to it. And that's not exactly what Paul said, because ain't, obviously. But anyway, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Yeah. No, the, it's not even 
the sufferings that you experience now is not even compared to the glory which you shall receive. How? Yep. Just, like I said, the words, just the words in the Bible, just, but whenever you actually think about what those mean, right, it mm -hmm. won't even be compared to your sufferings yeah. now, that glory that we'll receive. John says, I was telling, I was telling Josh earlier, John says, then this is my paraphrase, but I don't know what we're going to be like, but we're going to be like Jesus, <laughs> yeah. but we're going to be like Jesus. And we'll that's good enough for me, right? of the sun. Yep. Yeah. Paul says it in first Corinthians, I think, or first or second Corinthians, uh, that, you know, there's heavenly bodies, there's earthly bodies, you know, they're, they're different, but first Corinthians it, 15. Yes. First Corinthians 15, but it's whatever it is, it's good. Mm. And it's like God. And so that's, you know what? That's good enough for me. <laughs> well, right. and, and uh, it's, it's probably yeah. worth just saying too, that, you know, when we talk, you know, like God, we're not talking about being equal to God. Um, there's still very much um, the preservation of the most high and, you know, whatever we will become, we will be serving God. Um, so um, just to avoid any confusion there. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, looking at the outline here, we have a lot of stuff we could cover, but I, I think really kind of getting down to the, maybe the closing out the, the topics on, and kind of what does it mean yeah. if we really want to reflect on, on the gospel being one of the things that we can mean when we see it in scripture referring to the word of God. Mm. Um, and there are a number of things I think that are kind of interesting with this. Um, one of them is that I think sometimes we have this picture of church that might be a little bit um, just incomplete um, mm. in, in terms of what our focus is supposed to be. So, um, you know, you think about, um, when Jesus um, looks at Peter and he's, you know, in the, in the shadow of Mount Hermon, which I mean, there's all kinds of significance there, uh, with, sure. where they, you know, they saw the gates of hell being kind of there. Um, yeah. He says, you know, on, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, and people argue over that in terms of, is he establishing a papacy? And you, you and Ty talked about that last, last time, sure. but um but, you know, when you're talking about the gates of hell not prevailing, that sounds like, well, A, gates are defensive and not prevailing means they lose. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so then you have to ask, well, how do we go on the offensive here? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and when Paul is outlining in Ephesians 6, uh, what we have in terms of uh, the, the armor of God, he, he tells them to put on the full armor of God. Um, and, he, and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So he's outlining, you know, we know who the enemy is, you know, and it's not the people around us, right? right. So what do we do about it? We put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace or readiness to share the gospel of peace, depending on your translation as they try to interpret sure. it between the lines. Uh, and then he says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation. And then he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word. In this case, it's Rhema because we're talking about speaking it of God. 
So mm. if we're talking about the gospel being one of the ways we can look at the word of God, I think sometimes in church we can look at the word of God and just think, well, are, are we in John 1? Then it's Jesus. Right. <laughs> and are we not in John 1? Then it's the Bible. <laughs> and right. and maybe, just maybe, what I'm wondering is if we're we're thinking maybe we're on offense because we preach the, out of the Bible every Sunday mm. and we're settling. Because what we really need to be doing to be on offense is to take that word that's preached to us and yeah. to preach it to other people. We need to be proclaiming the gospel. That is how we go on offense. Amen. Amen. And 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 Jesus said, I you know, you and I were talking about this earlier in the week. And yeah. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the mm -hmm. truth, and I'm the yeah. life. I I like to think of of um and it goes right along with what you just said Josh that 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 the offensive weapon is truth right in 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 and in a world because ladies and gentlemen I'm going to be the first to tell you if you have not figured it out already truth does not come from within us okay mm. Jesus Jesus already claimed that title so that by definition means truth is outside of us because it's Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And all truth, all knowledge comes from God, right? And it's like whenever you represent the truth, whenever you're united to the truth, whenever you are, have been given that eternal life that has woken us all up and that we're, we're, we're basically pleading with you, you know, we are ambassadors for Christ, and we plead with you, like Paul says, trust Jesus. Trust him. Because let me tell you something. If you can't trust a holy God who cannot lie, you know you've lied sometime in your past. You're saying you cannot trust even yourself. You can't trust anybody at that point. If you cannot trust a God who cannot, it is impossible for God to lie, is what the writer of Hebrews says. Yeah. Then you cannot even trust yourself. So trust God because one, he can be trusted. Two, like Josh said, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. It doesn't get any better than that. The sacrifice has been given believe there's no work that needs to be done paul says in romans 4 the one who works gets something that is owed to him let me tell you something salvation isn't owed to any of us we are saved ephesians 2 by grace hmm. through faith in jesus christ so i plead with you josh pleads with you noah who's been so quiet pleads with you trust jesus Trust him, be forgiven. People want to, People always talk about a brand new slate. You've got one. You've got one. Trust, be forgiven, and start over. Noah, you've you've been super quiet, bro. Do you do you have anything, man? You no, like no. I uh, I have the logistics, Tyler. I have the logistics. The logistics are uh, join us every Friday. Uh, we get started, uh, when we make it on time, we started around uh, 6.03, join us live, hang out, participate in the discussion. The more that we do this, the more we're going to start to try to incorporate people 
uh, people's feedback uh, into the show. And I think Tyler, you did expressed an interest in doing that for a while. Um, and so, Absolutely. yeah, so that, that's, that's what I have to offer the conversation. I leave the, uh, the deep theology to you guys. And you know, it's like, and, and just for those who don't know you, we were streaming and hopefully we can get this set up whenever I go out to North Dakota on Friday, but we're going to try to set up a stream to where whenever we're right before the show, guys, we always have a little chit chat session with our guests, with me and Noah, just kind of catching up on, you know, because we don't talk to each other. Well, we, me and Noah have been talking to each other a lot lately since I'm going out there. But normally our, our catch up is on Fridays, right? Whenever, right before we do the show. So if you want in on that conversation right now, tonight is at asknoah.com. But hopefully we can get that going at complete centers. Uh, dot com www.completecenters.com and and again you can check out all the episodes that we've ever released are on there whenever we release this one it'll go there obviously um also check out our brand new youtube channel like i said i'm doing a giveaway guys fifty dollars if i can get 50.99 subscribers on my youtube channel and a hundred dollars if i can get a hundred plus i think that's amazing in time for christmas um, you know, if you want to buy extra, you know, for your kids or, or for yourself, or if you got rent due or something, maybe this can help. And that's all I'm trying to do here is, is, mm-hmm. is I want to focus it on a specific, a, a small specific group of people. And I'm hoping I can help one of those people out. So if you want in on that giveaway, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. We're going to be giving more giveaways, probably Bibles and, and merchandise and all that fun stuff. I got merchandise, uh, t-shirts for sale. Um, that's going to go up on completecenters.com this week, uh, Friday probably. So he- uh, just be ready because, like Noah said, Friday it looks like it's really starting to pan out that this is going to be a consistent um, and, and it's going to be a consistent schedule and we are going to get material out to you guys and gals every single week, um, Lord willing. So that's the uh, that's the plan and hopefully sometime soon. Uh, we'll be able to expand that and maybe do some more uh, content. Uh, Josh, uh, thank you, brother, for coming on. I really, really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, catch Amen. us next week. We, uh, we, uh, Josh, we might have to have you back next week, brother. Is that something <laughs> you might might think about? Yeah, I think. We all right, man. All right, dude. We will catch you guys next time. Good night. God bless, and thank you all for listening. 